This episode of Testers Island Discs is sponsored by X-Ray, the leading quality assurance and test management app for Jira. More than 4.5 million testers, developers and QA managers trust X-Ray to manage 100 million plus test cases each month. It is a mission critical tool at over 5,000 companies in 65 countries, including 137 of the global 500. With X-Ray, you can plan, execute and track your testing with full requirements traceability supported by both manual and automated tests, including BDD using Cucumber as well as JUnit, NUnit, Robot and others. Discover the future of testing and start your free trial today at getxray.app. Welcome to Testers Island Discs. Your most musical guide to software testing. My name is Mark Winteringham and I'll be your castaway companion. Hello and welcome back to Testers Island Discs. Um, it's episode number 34 and for this episode I am joined by Stu Johnson. Uh, Stu Johnson is a test manager slash head of test at Workforce Software, although he uh, He's, he's told me that he firmly just identifies himself as as a tester. It doesn't matter really what the role is. Testing's in his blood. Um, he's also the co-host of the newly minted Ministry of Testing meetup in um, Buckinghamshire, which we'll be talking about as well. And when I did a little bit of digging um, into uh, Stu, I found out that he's uh, a lover of all things Scandinavia. So um, welcome to the podcast, Stu. Thanks very much, Mark. Hi. Hi. Well, it's good to have you on. Uh, as someone who's been lucky enough to do a bit of training um, in uh, Sweden and in Denmark, yeah. I can understand the love of Scandinavia, but what is it about those countries that does it for you? Yeah, it's hard to say, really. I, I've got Scandinavian roots a long way back, and I've always been really passionate about uh, about Sweden specifically, but now I've travelled a bit more widely and seen a bit more of the area. Um, I just love everything about Scandinavia. I, I always aim holidays there my, my wife used to live in spain so that's uh that's sometimes unpopular but uh she's she's grown to love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I know the feeling like we, we end up having debates sometimes of like should we go somewhere sunny or should we yeah. go somewhere very scenic i mean Not to say yeah. that spain isn't scenic no no and you know scandinavia is sunny it's just freezing cold whilst it's sunny <laughs> yes, yes. Um, have you like have you been able to go to any of like the conferences or meetups? Um, yeah, I haven't in no. those countries. No, I'd absolutely love to. You know, I'm, I, I always look at uh, Nordic testing days, kind of you know, with a, wist, a wistful look in my eyes. But uh, no, I haven't managed it yet. But I hope to get out there uh, at some point. Yeah, it's it's a great conference, um, yeah. and they do a really good job, and they always have uh, really good lineups, and they 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 also treat their. Uh, um, their speakers and their workshop runners uh, well, um, but you know they're, they're good to everyone there. And yeah, there's some uh, like it's a shame that things like uh, Let's Test in um, Sweden has stopped because I think everyone who was in like who who'd taken part in it or had attended remember it quite fondly. And, yeah. But there's still some uh, awesome meetups going on around those places. It's just obviously a bit of a trek. Yes. <laughs> three hours and some free pizza. <laughs> So yeah, we've got uh, lots to sort of talk about, but um, I think before we, I'm, I'm going to do something a little unconventional actually, and before we actually get into um, sort of talking about uh, testing and working with the community mm -hmm. and obviously the, the meetup and stuff, I think we're going to start a little early and I'm going to ask you to tell me a little bit about your first song pick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why don't you tell us about that? So the first song I've picked is a song by the Gaslight Anthem called The 59 Sound. 
Um, they're a New Jersey uh, punk band, they were. And um, I'm a massive fan. I'm a, a really, really big fan. I've seen them live, I don't know, five, six, seven times, something like that. Um, the song's uh, about legacy and what's left when you're gone. And uh, it's just a really good song. It, 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 I thought it would get things off uh, with a bang. was the 59 sound by the Gaslight Anthem. Uh, so Stu, uh, obviously I was just sort of alluding to uh, speaking at conferences like Nordic Testing Days, but uh, you're actually a bit of a self-confessed, I don't want to do public speaking sort of person. That's right, yeah. Yeah, you're still sort of sticking to those guns? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm talking to you today and this is this is a bit a form of public speaking and it's, it's definitely outside of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, but I'm really um, quite passionate about uh, expanding the the possibilities for people to, to to contribute to our community. So a lot of it's around speaking, around meetups and conferences and that kind of thing. But I think there's a there's a huge amount of people out here who aren't necessarily the the best public speakers, or maybe are good public speakers but don't really enjoy doing it. Um, but they still have something to contribute. And you know, just because someone someone finds it hard to speak up doesn't mean they don't have something to say that was going to add some value to the conversation. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Like there's, there's sort of two factors of, you know, the availability of these slots. And, you know, we see a lot of things discussed around things like pay to speak and yeah. having access to speaking roles, but then, yeah, not everyone necessarily uh, feels comfortable in that sort of situation for various reasons. Um which is one of the reasons why I love working in Ministry of Testing because the the focus is is on developing different channels to um, encourage people to share about testing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this podcast being one of them. Um, so, what about yourself? Like, what are what are the things that you like to work in? What sort of spaces do you like to work in to sort of contribute towards yeah. testing industry? I mean, I, I find it uh, easy to to work one to one or in smaller groups more more so than in kind of big big spaces, big audiences. You know, I did do a 99 second talk at a test bash previously and I'm very proud of it, but it, it was pretty hard and, and not, not much fun for me to do, to be honest. Although, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very pleased to have done it. Um, so for me, it's much more about having those one-to-one conversations. It's about um, building connections between people. I often uh, have that, that conversation where we describe testers as a, like the glue of a team, the, the people that really hold the team together and can link up, you know, A and B. And that's hmm. that's true of our community as well. We can, if you get to know the people in our community, you can introduce people to each other. You can bring people into the conversation when you see something of interest. I think there's a there's a role there, um, which is very equivalent to the role of, of a, a really strong tester in a team uh, that we can that we can play in our community. And that's something that I'm really passionate about as well is bringing our testing skills to other fields. Um, I mean, I'm a test manager now. I'm, I'm managing a, a group of testers. 
but I still feel like I'm using the same skills I used as a tester. You know, it's about communication. It's about being honest. It's about expressing when you don't know as much as what you do know. Um, mm. So, yeah, so that's the, those kinds of things, getting people together and talking to each other. Um, one of the things that, that I'm doing currently is um, working on a, a meetup and, and building a meetup that I don't plan to speak at. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah well that's it you, you get you get all the benefits and none of the work don't you well i say absolutely of the, and none of the work that's probably <laughs> being very cruel to anyone i think some of that promotion is a yeah some of that promotion work is, uh, <laughs> is definitely there but no it's uh, it's about making a platform you know it's about giving people that opportunity yeah yeah and that's that's um that has uh it has its own rewards as well doesn't it yeah, um, that, that, that idea of sort of yeah promoting other voices and seeing them come on i guess one of the reasons why uh 99 second talks are very popular and like recently i had to sort of reorganize a lot of the 99 second talks and re-tag them all up and actually and it's surprising how many people have gone off into different directions like the, their first yeah. thing that that's been recorded is that 99 second talk and then some of them are keynote speakers but then some of them are you know meetup organizers running workshops um mm -hmm. writing books um engaging yeah. in training for private companies and stuff like say so those those channels are sort of that there's so many different ways in which of doing it but it's that sort of absolutely connecting with people first and i think so i think you know you mentioned writing books and stuff like that as well i think that's um it uh, there's a great um, TED talk, which you may have, may have seen by Susan Kane, um, The Power of Introverts. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's, it really changed my view on a lot of things. And she talks in that about um, her experience of when she was a little girl going to camp. She used to love reading books and she, her vision of like a perfect night was sitting around with other girls all sat around reading books. And then she got there and she was she was kind of ridiculed <laughs> for, for wanting to read a book. And it's it's that thing that, that people are different, you know. Everyone's everyone's got their own way of doing things, and and now she writes books and she shares the kind of power of, of introversion and, and and the things that introverts can do. Artists. She's the lady who's written Quiet. That's right, Quiet's yeah. her book. Yeah, she's written a few books now. There's there's one about um, called Quiet Power, which is about about introverted children. Um, yeah, she's really that TED talk. As I say, it really uh, opened my eyes and sort of changed my changed my view on a few things. So I'd really recommend people check that out. Yeah, I, I've I've I was basically like as soon as that came out my wife was like watch this because i'm a i am a self-confessed <laughs> extrovert um yeah um, so yeah being made aware about about introversy as well and understanding that a little bit more was very useful and also it meant that i stopped talking at my wife so much which i think she appreciated <laughs> <laughs> that, that can help certainly <laughs> but I, I think that's it like talking about those sort of aspects and being aware of what is your comfort zone and what it's not and what what like what environment makes you feel creative in terms of how yeah. you can feed back i think that that's massively important that self-awareness you know not being afraid to not be an extrovert you know not not being ashamed of not being an extrovert and having the and uh, finding the space that's your space mm. um it, it's a very powerful thing to do it sounds I like a bit that. cheesy when you say it that way no i like <laughs> that i think, I think it works <laughs> I, I i like that idea of you know f you know finding your own space and being comfortable in it um and, and you know pushing pushing the boundaries of it getting outside your comfort zone doing stuff um you know like, like i'm doing this today like i say it is outside my comfort zone and i know um i've, I've recently been uh spoke at a, a local college uh which we we maybe should talk about in a minute 
Yeah, yeah, we should. Well, I tell you what. Yeah. Um, before we talk about that, let's um, let's drop in another song. So, why don't you tell us about song pick number two? Because I really want to pick your brains about that that local college thing. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so uh, the second song is by a Swedish band called Kent. Uh, Kent are a, a really amazing band uh, who sing mostly in Swedish. They did a couple of albums in English. This is a song that's in Swedish with an English title. It's called Palace in Maine. Uh, they're a band that I've been into for years and years. Um, and I went to their, their final gigs in uh, Stockholm in 2016. There was a parade through the streets of Stockholm of their fans. They're such a big band in Sweden. So uh, that was quite a, quite a thing to see. The lyrics are quite kind of urban. They're quite violent, actually. If you speak Swedish, sorry about that. Um, but they remind the sound kind of reminds me of kind of Cold Forest Nights. Uh, the song name checks Michael Caine, Robin Wright Penn, and the video. I've got to call out the video. It's really worth watching. Um, the guitarist goes to Las Vegas and bets the entire video budget on one spin of roulette. And I'll let you uh, watch the video and find out how that turns out. was Palace in Maine by Kent. Okay, so I want to hear about uh, this local college and talking about testing because um, I'm doing obviously doing a lot of work around Ministry of Testing Essentials, which is trying to sort of you know spread good good teaching about testing out there. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very interested to see like what you've been talking about, like what did you cover, how did it go? Yeah, will you absolutely. do it again? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, this was this was something that that, that I was uh, I was a bag of nerves before I did it. It was not something that I uh, expected to do. But having been invited to do it by um, the apprenticeships coordinator at, the, at Milton Keynes College, uh, to come and speak to their level four software apprentices, who are mostly in you know development, they're mostly looking at, uh, at careers as as um, programmers. Um, yeah, I, I I I thought long and hard about what to talk about and whether to put a slant on what I was talking about or just to do a general introduction to testing and agile testing principles. And I thought that was probably the way to go. I, I had no idea how familiar they'd be with testing in general. Um, my impression was they were a bit more uh, of the of the waterfall uh, side of things and, and had had a, a sense that testing was that thing that happened at the end uh, mm-hmm. by the people who didn't really know what they were doing, <laughs> um, which is probably unfair. And I, I hope they don't mind me saying that. Um, it was fantastic, actually. The engagement levels were really high. People were really interested in, in what we were talking about. What did I cover? I covered uh, some general stuff about testing through the SDLC, and and that's the kind of uh, frame that I use for these kinds of talks. And I give it to new people who come to our company as well, so they can get a sense for what testing is. Um, you, you present that that usual kind of waterfall timeline that is the design phase, the the coding phase, and then the testing phase. But then you talk, you you add lots of checkpoints throughout the process for things like, um, you know, code reviews is an easy one for for a, a quality check. But also um, getting testers involved uh, at the requirements phase, doing things like three amigos, 
uh, testing versus checking, whether we're going to build automated checks or whether we're going to do some human tests. Hmm. Um, things like exploratory testing as well and, and, and what that means. Uh, it's not just going in and having a poke around. There is a bit more to it than that. And, you know, James Buck um, spoke at the first conference I ever went to and he's made a huge impression on me. So, so a lot of this comes, uh, comes from that, that, that angle, if hmm. you see what I mean. So was it was this all just like uh, one talk? Or did you do a series of them? No, this was just one talk, and I'm I'm really keen to go back. You, you asked me if I'd go back, I definitely would. Mm. Um, but but for now, it was just just a, a one off, one hour session. Um, but it was fantastic. You know, one of the things that it really did for me was it helped build my confidence in my own knowledge and my own um, kind of efficacy, I guess, to, to to go in there and talk with some authority about about the things I really do know. That's another thing that I think. Sometimes with the, the world of conferences, people feel like they're not breaking the mold. You know, they're not innovative enough. But I think there's a lot of testers out there who know a lot and should feel proud of that and should feel that they can go out and represent that to people who maybe don't know about testing as a discipline, maybe don't understand what it is we do and why. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that, that really it kind of blew my mind. I felt very good having done it. And I, I really encourage other people to do it. I know there's initiatives. I know Amy Newton was talking about... Um, doing some of this, going into schools and colleges and talking about testing as a career. And uh, I'd really encourage people to get involved in that. Yeah. And, and I've spoken to a few different people who actually have been engaged uh, in different areas of definitely in the UK. I, I'm not so sure about sort of further afield. Um, yeah. This, this seems to be more of a an interest these days, more of a demand in terms of people from our field actually talking about what it is that we do rather than, dare I say, like before, especially in the academic space, there's been very much a sort of attitude that like a lot of computer science places are, well, we know what testing is, so why would we go out and seek more information from other people? Because it is just Absolutely. like saying, it's, it's that sort of classical style of, of approaching it. Yeah, I think there's a there's a real attitude of, you know, it's monkeys on typewriters. Yeah. <laughs> um and and, and I, I think that that really does a disservice to the 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 great work that that you know lots of people like your, your yourself and your podcast guests have, have been doing. Mm-hmm. Um I think talking about the soft skill side of testing is, is one of the things that I, I really honed in on there and I thought it was really I opened a few eyes. You know, people didn't really think about it as a communication piece and they didn't think about how asking questions is a is a form of testing you know mm-hmm. and it's, it's part of the work we do and it's one of the most important tools that we have um so yeah i mean i'm very non-technical myself like i, I can't write a line of code and for me that's been a, a real almost a differentiator and um, when i'm working with very technical people and um, i come at it from a different angle and different perspective and, and i've made that a selling point and speaking to a room full of people who are very heavily you know deeply engaged in their code some of them were coding while i was talking <laughs> which was which is fine by me um <laughs> <laughs> they still clapped at the end it was fine <laughs> um you know it 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 felt good to to say there's there's more than one way of cutting this and you know your your users aren't going to be coders probably they're, they're going to be people who just want the software to to be invisible and to just work well that's it i i think a lot of that element is is missing in uh definitely in the academic side like i i once did a started a degree in um software development and ended up dropping out because I didn't feel like it was really re- relevant. And that wasn't just on the testing level, that was on the software development level. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. the, I got quite frustrated by the, the lack of talking about things like um, how um, yeah, how testing is this sort of complex thing 
with lots of different types of skills and you're involved yeah. in lots of different facets of the creation of the project, uh, the creation of the product even, and sort of the ideas behind it. That's it. I think most of the, I mean, you, you think about that, that, that thing, I know you were talking with Michaela about this um, a few, few podcasts ago now um, about things being cheaper the sooner we find them, right? Bones curve. It's a, it's one of the basics we learn. One of the first things we learn as testers. Um, so what, it, it, the fact that that's a, a surprise to people and a shock to people and the fact that testers are going to be involved right from the start and and and, and the, the cheapest bug the one that will fix for the for the lowest cost is the one that we'll have a quick conversation about in the requirements phase rather than wait until the code's written and then have to rewrite and mm. um, i think that that's quite a powerful realization to people they realize the kind of efficacy of who we are and what we do at that point cool well i, I mean i hope you have the opportunity to go back and um talk about testing more i mean that the more people that we can get um sharing those experiences and you know spreading the good word of quality you know modern software <laughs> testing um you know i think Absolutely. it's only going to help everyone really um and also I, I, I agree with you as well as what you said is that the more that people like testers professional testers do this sort of thing the uh, you know every, everyone sort of sees the the idea of public speaking or sharing their information as some sort of way of climbing up maybe the professional or social ladder maybe but actually mm -hmm. yeah there's real value in just collecting your thoughts and like by by presenting your your thoughts presenting your information uh, yeah you're forced to sort of collect it all together so it becomes easier for you to understand it and easier for you to interpret it yeah. and that first you, time you build you, that yeah, you I mean you build that that um that kind of picture of what testing means for you and what it is and what it's about and what it does and what's important and, and and what it isn't as well. And I think that like you say, that's incredibly powerful. Whether you use that for your your own status, as you mentioned, or whether you use that to just be a better tester, just have um a better a statement to make about what you believe in testing, you know. We all work um, in organizations typically, and, and when we meet people, new people to organization, we have to say to them, this is what I'm about. This is what I do. This is, this is who I am. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how we would do that if we didn't take the time to reflect. And you know, I think about blogging in the same way. A lot of what you've said there is, is true of blogging as well. You know, actually taking the time to sit down, write down your thoughts, and really think it through um, and put it into words is, is, is very, very powerful. Yep, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, but we unfortunately have to move on. Um, yes. <laughs> so um, let's uh, move on to your third song pick. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is uh, another Scandinavian band, I'm afraid, uh, of Monsters and Men. Uh, they're an Icelandic band. And I am the nard for ages. I knew I wanted this band, but I wasn't sure which song to pick. So eventually I went for something that was a bit more upbeat and a bit more recent uh, because I thought that, you know, maybe people haven't heard them and they might get into them with this song. Uh, the other the other picks I might have had were songs uh, Dirty Paws and King and Lionheart. So if you like this, do check those out. Um, I've been a big fan of this band since before their first album. And I sing those songs I just mentioned to my kids as uh, kind of bedtime songs, <laughs> which is, uh, which is so they, they ask me for Dirty Paws. And <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Um, I've seen them live a few times. They were really good live. And last uh, time I saw them was in autumn in London. And this, the lyrics of this song are about... Be feeling feral and being wild and fearing the unknown inside of ourselves. So um, it, it strikes a chord with me. I think it's a great song. Wake me up. I see the tree. And 
So that was Alligator by Of Monsters and Men. Um, so we talked a, a bit about um, engaging with the community sort of outside of you know the day-to-day work. But um, in terms of stuff that you do internally, um, what have you been working on to sort of promote testing culture? So, yeah, so one of the things I'm really proud of um, is our uh, testing community of practice, um, which has been going now for uh, probably a year and a half, 18 months sort of time. Um, and the idea behind this was that we were going to take our quite old-fashioned testing meeting uh, where we would sit down, have an agenda, talk through it, and, and, and not have too many people contribute, then all, all leave having been sat in silence for, for a while, um, and turn it into something that actually uh, gave people a sense of engagement and put the power back in their hands. And um, so we've, we've we've been through a few iterations of this. We've had some successes and some failures. And um, the, one of the things that they did early on was they wanted to uh, retitle, uh, the testers wanted to retitle themselves. They wanted to go back to being called QA, but they wanted it to be quality analysts. So it's now the QA community of practice, which uh, we call the Quack Op. <laughs> why wouldn't you call it the Quack Op if you could? <laughs> Fantastic. And it's uh, yeah, it seems to be going great guns. You know, uh, we're getting lots of engagement from from most of the people who who attend. Um, We've really made some changes. We've we've brought in things like some tester-led workshops where people who are experts in things like exploratory testing or or Gherkin or or a kind of early testing like Docker and and that kind of stuff, containerized testing, um, will come and do a workshop for the other testers and um, help them grow their knowledge and give them that touch point to to contact if they need to. And learn more about something um yeah so it's been it's been very successful so far in my opinion cool so you said like um both successes and failures um, yeah sure i'd like to i'd be interested to know uh what were the sort of failures you had and what did you learn yeah. from those yeah absolutely so i think it's um it, it can be challenging to um to to make that transition from um, from something which is very hierarchical and top down where you know the test manager would, would, would sit at the front and have an agenda and, and talk the team through it to something which is much more team led and there has to be that transition where you're going from one to the other you can't simply just pull the rug out from under people and say hey by the way you're in charge now I'm not going to do anything <laughs> so there's that constant um, there's that transference of power basically if you like where the the, the previous leader goes to being a servant leader and the team take on the, the responsibility themselves. So in terms of failures there, I'd say the biggest failures have been my inability to shut up. <laughs> that's, that's pretty tough. And um, also it can be hard to let the team make decisions that I think are going to fail. It can be pretty challenging to uh, let the team have their own successes and failures. Mm. Obviously the team will learn from, from having a failure. Um, and, and they've been really good at that and they've, they've stayed away from that more often than not. But I would say that the biggest failings have been probably on my part and have been about you know not stepping out of the way enough um that, that can be challenging what do you do to sort of counter those because you're obviously aware of those those things those things occurring and obviously they take time to maybe overcome them or change your behaviors but do you, do you use any yeah. techniques or do you is there anything you do to sort of try and overcome them basically yeah yeah so i think um part of that is is that self-reflection is is, is taking the time out after each of those sessions to think about what went well and what you would have preferred to have gone differently. So putting in some, some space in your diary, basically after those meetings to actually reflect and maybe getting some of the more senior members of the team to, to together to say, you know, be honest with me, level, level with me here. Like what, what could I have done better there? What, what would you have preferred to have seen? 
and some of the stuff we've done uh, sort of systematically if you like is we've we've taken the the sole responsibility for facilitating those sessions away from me and given it to the team so that's obviously in keeping with the community of practice but but you kind of have to reach the point where you can do that and um now we have al goodall who's our uh, lead tester he's he's mostly facilitating these but so are some of our senior testers we've got some great senior testers as well um we're circulating things like note taking. We like to take notes. That was something that the community decided it wanted. Um, the, the community um, has built its own charter, which basically defines the way we're going to behave with each other, which I think is really important. And that, that talks about everyone having a voice. It talks about the audience being the people who are in charge of the content, uh, proactivity, there being no such thing as a stupid question, um, that kind of stuff. And, and, and the, the core principle of respect runs through it. So. Um, that's obviously helped steer us away from some of the worst excesses that we might have otherwise had. And um, it's helped move it away from a, a meeting where I, I come and spout stuff at the team, which I've never been keen to do, um, to one where I'm just another participant in the meeting. Cool. So would you? So what sort of advice would you give for others who um, who are trying to start off their own community of practices at work? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a. I'd say do it. I'd say that there's very little to, to lose by doing it. Um, the way I think of it is you're basically handing the, the the sort of steering wheel of your ship to the to the to the crew, um, and you'll you'll learn very quickly that they will will steer you in the right direction. You know, they 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 have a, a better idea of what they need uh, than anything you're going to predict or anything that probably your your one to one conversations that kind of stuff are going to tell you. Yeah. Um, to start going about it, talk to the team. You know, this this should be a community-led decision. You need a, a group of people who are up for it. You can't make them be up for it. If, if you've got a lot of people who like being led and you don't have a lot of leaders within the team, then it's, it's probably a non-starter. But also helping people to realize their leadership potential, also helping people to understand that they've got the skills. They've been doing this for you know X number of years and they know their job probably better than you do. Um, it's very powerful to, to 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 hand people the reins like that and say, "I trust you," you know, and to be there to help them, you know, mop up if things go wrong. Um, you need to get some buy-in, obviously, potentially from higher up as well, to to demonstrate really why you're doing this and what the value you think is going to add. Um, but we've seen loads of value. You know, I think I think I think about the stuff that we've brought in. We brought in. Um, we wouldn't have got the, the buy-in for exploratory testing in Gherkin that we've, 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 we've got now. We would still be writing step tests. And um, we've changed our test tooling. You know, we're using uh, Test Buddy, which is a, a tool by Simon Tomes and, and Rajit Singh. Mm. Um, I'm going to have a shout out. <laughs> so testbuddy.co is their website, and it's a great you know, free uh, exploratory testing note-taking tool. We use that all the time. It's, it's, it's a core part of our testing, and it's really helped move us forward. Um, mm. Stuff like that, it came from the team. We needed the team to drive that. I couldn't drive that for them. Mm, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sure uh, uh, the test party folks will uh, love to hear that uh, it's an integral <laughs> part to, to your team and that's in demand. Um, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. a lot of value. It's, it's awesome that, um, yeah, that you're trusting your team to, to, to set that direction. Um, yeah. Which I think, like I said, that, that whole sort of power shift, it, it's it's difficult sometimes to sort of let go of the reins. Um, like we have a yeah. similar situation with um, Essentials in that we've moved from uh, myself and Dan creating 
the the direction and the the learning outcomes for what we've done and we're now shifting that to the community so as you say it's a similar sort of situation which is the community is deciding what they need to learn or what they feel their industry should learn um Mm -hmm. which sort of takes away you know it's fighting against those sort of biases and assumptions that singular people can make but then yeah how do you get people to buy into that how do you get them to regularly engage and give feedback and stuff like that and we're experimenting with different techniques as well and um yeah if if we can get it right uh the things that are are identified are are so much more valuable because it is becoming it's coming from that source of truth isn't it well, the, the way I look at it is if you gave, so use that analogy again of your, of your ship, you know, if you gave someone the, uh, the steering wheel of your ship and they started sailing it in the completely the opposite direction, wouldn't you want to know that? Wouldn't you want to know about that? Wouldn't you want to yeah. have the chance to understand why they feel that way or um, what it is about what you've been doing that was, that was different to them? You know, I, th- I think that the, there is some risk there, but the value and the, the opportunity that it creates is, is, is immeasurable. It, it's so valuable. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, again, I wish you every luck with um, with the, with the, the sort of the future of that, and I hope it grows from strength to strength. And you know, hopefully, maybe some point I can uh, come down and say hello as well because I'm, I'm absolutely. Always, I love it. Always love coming along and chatting to people. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you wouldn't. I wouldn't run a podcast if that was if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so, I, well, I think it's a good point to. Uh, bring us on to your fourth song pick um yeah i suspect this is another scandy choice oh <laughs> uh, yeah you'd be right actually <laughs> it's another icelandic uh, artist uh, a guy called auskir trausti and uh, the song is called new hand lies and i've probably completely uh, mispronounced that so, so apologies to anyone who speaks icelandic um this is a song in icelandic um he's an amazing singer that we discovered um, when we were driving through iceland he, he uh he soundtracked a few of our trips to iceland a few of his albums now and uh, he has the best-selling album in Iceland um, in history, his debut album, uh, which, again, I'm going to mispronounce, was Dirthi Doitha Thurgan, I think. Um, the English version is called In the Silence. It's owned by one in ten people in Iceland. And if you scaled the sales up to the UK population, you know, if you took the Icelandic population and, and, and multiplied the, his sales by that, this would have outsold Queen's Greatest Hits in 35 years in England. So that's, wow. uh, that's something. That is something. <laughs> um, the song is very primordial and epic, and it's about nature and the sun's power. But it reminds me of, of those those landscapes of Iceland, like fire and ice, lava, water. Uh, and I will say, there's a there's a great live version on YouTube. Um, if you search uh, "live on Studio A," um, check it out. Uh, really, really good. That was New Hans Blaise by Ausgear. 
think I got that pronunciation right. Um, yeah, near enough for me, definitely. <laughs> every guest always giving me something challenging to say, or whether it's a name We're of an artist you. or a name of a guest, it's it's very tricky. Okay, cool. So, um, well, we mentioned this at the start, both of us, um, but uh, you have a new meetup starting, um, which is being supported by Ministry of Testing. Um, and you're yep. actually running it with uh, one of our previous um, podcast guests, Simon Pryor. Is that correct? Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Simon Pryor. That's right. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to say that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we, we're, we're very excited about it. It's um, So Simon, um, some I'm, I, I expect we'll have, we'll have mentioned, I, I don't remember, I did listen to his, his episode. Oh, uh, that he, he previewed. No, I did. I did, I did listen. Oh, I think I've, he did. It was a while ago now. No, no, I did. I definitely did. Oh, well, <laughs> I had to know what I was getting myself into, you know, working with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he previously uh, hosted the Aylesbury Tester Gathering and um, that rather wound down um, a, a while ago. I went to the last one and um, that was the only one I've ever been to, but it was a great meetup with great potential. Um, so we discussed bringing something to, putting something together in Milton Keynes because there's a big tech community in the area, hmm. but there's no uh, real testing platform forum i don't know what you want to call it um for people to come and, and talk about testing or hear about testing and so yeah we decided that why not um why not change it to ministry of testing bucks and put on an event cool so, so that's what we at time of recording your first one uh, is yet to come but we're likely that's to right. release this podcast after that one's happened but still worth saying yeah. like, who, who, what have you got on what are your plans yeah, so we've got um, Gwen Diagram speaking out the first one, who's an amazing speaker. I'm sure a lot of the uh, the listeners here will, will know her personally or, or will, will know of her or have seen her speak previously. So we're really, really excited about that. I'm going to do some test fear as well. So uh, Biren's uh, great cards are going to come out to play Wicked. and uh, that should be fun. Um, after that, we're not really sure. We haven't got any other speakers lined up as such yet, but we are. We, we have tentative agreement from from uh, Workforce Software. My, my employers are hosting very generously. Um, to do three or four of these a year. So we are going to be looking to put these on kind of seasonally. Um, so if there are speakers out there who'd be interested in coming to Milton Keynes, you know, we're only 30 minutes from outside of London and it's a 15-minute walk or a five-minute taxi from the station. And we'd really love to get lots of uh, exciting, passionate people to come and talk about testing to our local community. And we've got a pretty good uptake. You know, we've got, I think, at time of, at time of speaking, we've got about 35 people coming to the meetup. We're hoping to get it up to 50, awesome. which for our first event is not too bad. Yeah, that, that's that's fantastic. Um, it's worth saying as well, just uh, for the, those uh, budding speakers out there, that uh, Milton Keynes is really easy to get to uh, from the northwest as well. Um, I think most mm, yeah. of the trains run through Milton Keynes, actually. Yeah, Manchester, Birmingham, all direct trains. You know, it's two hours to Manchester as well. So, so if, if, uh, if someone would like the opportunity, you know, you could easily get down speak and get back in a night if, if that's something you want yeah, to do. If you're, if you're listening, you have no excuse now. You have to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll add all your contact details and stuff and links to the meetup um, in the, in the uh, notes. Um, so people can get in touch as and when. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, well, obviously, I think we've obviously talked a lot about how you feel about contributing towards testing and stuff, but were there any sort of specific reasons why you wanted to to, to, to work on this meetup other than other sort of channels? I think that it's, 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 I'm a many irons in the fire kind of guy and there's other things that I'm doing as well. You know, I, I talked about my blog and yeah, everyone's got a blog, right? But um, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is something which is, which is something that I, I plan to develop. 
Um, but the opportunity came up and it was just too good to miss. You know, I really believe that there's a, a space for this in our local community. And uh, like I say, I love the idea of, of providing that platform for people who don't have one. I think it's really important. It's, you know, this is something that I can do. This is an opportunity that not every not every employer would, would give someone at their workplace. You know, not everyone would let, let us use their offices or, or sponsor us. Um, we've got Simon, who's got fantastic knowledge of, of having run these sorts of events before which I really lacked, you know, I've, mm. I've been a complete uh, student of him <laughs> over the last uh, few months, which has been immensely helpful. Like I, I don't think I could have done it by myself um, at all. And uh, I'm really pleased that I didn't have to, you know, Simon's a fantastic uh, co-host and a, and a co-organizer. Yeah. It's, it's so it's good to share the load as well with these things as, yeah. as well. Like, I think they can get a little it's overwhelming a, at times. Definitely. I think just taking the opportunities that come up is, 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 is the thing I'd say, you know, if you've got the opportunity to do anything that's going to, provide value or help people like why not do it why not give it a try and uh, you know it could, it could be a disaster but at least you'll learn something and, and, and i'm optimistic this won't be a disaster <laughs> cool well yeah um well, like i said i'll add links to uh the meetup group um so if you're in the area and uh uh, want to attend you can check it out join the meetup and then you'll get all the sort of notifications for upcoming events and stuff like that and, absolutely uh, yeah, yeah so, great. So it's going to be really good okay cool. thank you well I, I i think that leads us quite neatly onto um your final song pick and then we'll yeah. wrap up so why don't you tell us about uh song number five so song number five was the easiest one for me to pick um it's bruce springsteen with his song thunder road which is the first track of his born to run album um, I'm a massive Bruce fan. He is my idol. Uh, I've, I've I've had that passion. I've shared it with my mum, which is probably not that cool to say, but I don't really care. We've, we've been to see him lots of times. Um, and it's a passion that I've happily instilled in my wife as well. She didn't really know Bruce before we met, but now she's a huge fan. And um, this was the first dance at our wedding. Uh, her name is Mary. And the, the song starts with the line, the screen door slams, Mary's dress waves. So it was kind of perfect for a first dance at a wedding. Fantastic. <laughs> And uh, we just had our first child together, and uh, our daughter Annika, and we've been uh, we've been singing this song to her and, and other Bruce songs uh, to get her to bed or, or to, to get her to burp <laughs> is the typical one. So uh, yeah, so it has to be uh, Bruce Springsteen, Thunder Road, please. Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, so, Stu, that's obviously your five song picks, um, but you also have the opportunity to take a book with you on the island. So, uh, yeah. what book would you go for? So, I'm a uh, I'm a literature graduate. So, one of the one of the people I studied in my degree was Virginia Woolf, and my favourite book by her is a book called The Waves. Um, it's a it's a book that's 
uh, from different viewpoints. It's a, a group of friends who, who grow up from infancy all the way through to old age, and it shows how they change and how their social interactions change over time. It's a very kind of a interior life book, streams of consciousness and, and the way that personalities can develop um, and what it means to be a person amidst the complexity and chaos of life. So for me, um, this is a book I could read over and over again. So when I'm, when I'm stranded on the island, I don't think I'll get sick of it. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, um, yep, I'll add that uh, book to the Goodreads list and there should be links in the notes both to the Goodreads for all the books that everyone's selected, all our guests have selected, and also a link to the Spotify playlist. Um, whilst Neil is not is unfortunately not around as a host anymore, he is still managing the uh, Spotify playlist, so I always make sure that the, uh, the song picks get sent over to him. Um, cool. Well, um, Stu, it's fantastic to have you on, and it's always nice to talk to someone um, who's equally as passionate about wanting to help the testing community and, you know, engaging in all these sort of different ways and activities to sort of promote good testing. Um, so I guess really all that's left for me to sort of ask is, um, like, other than the meetups, do you have any other sort of events, any other sort of things coming up that uh, you're you're involved in or looking forward to? Yeah, at the moment, um, my my agenda is clear. You know, I've just had this uh, a baby, as I say. So um, that's that's fatherhood is taking up the majority of my uh, my free time at the moment. Yeah, it does, uh, that, yeah, doesn't I'm, it? <laughs> it does. It does. You know, it's uh, no, it's wonderful. I love being a dad. It's my it's my favourite thing I've ever done. But um, I think going forward, um, yeah, who knows? Like I say, as opportunities come up, I'm really keen to take them. And you know, if anyone uh, has heard something that I've said or wants to talk to me about anything that I've spoken about, you know, get in touch. I'm, I'm keen to make those connections and have those conversations. Brilliant. And yep, again, I'll add uh, Twitter links, uh, your blog and brilliant. all those sort of things to the notes as well. Well, Thanks, Mark. brilliant. Um, again, thank you for coming on as our guest. Um, if you want to get in touch with the podcast or if you want to come on as a guest, um, we have links to our Twitter account that I'm very poor at managing. Um, and also um, you can fill in our Google Drive form um, to, uh, to to submit your song picks and uh, we'll be in touch. Um, so all that's left for me to say is uh, goodbye and goodbye from Stu. Bye. Thanks. Testers Island Discs is brought to you by Ministry of Testing, written and produced by Mark Winteringham. Created by Neil Studd. Theme music by Green Day. Follow us on Twitter at Testers Island. Thanks again for our sponsor for this podcast, X-Ray. Discover the future of testing and start your free trial today at getxray.app.